Welcome back to the Star of Rock Murders with Andy Hale, a podcast where we are taking a deep dive into a triple murder that happened in 1960 in the Star of Rock State Park. Three women were brutally bludgeoned to death while taking a hike in this beautiful canyon. My client, Chester Weger, a 21-year-old dishwasher at the Star of Rock Lodge, ultimately was charged with the crime, had a trial, and was convicted and spent over 60 years in prison. We've been making the case on this podcast that Chester Weger had absolutely nothing to do with this horrific crime. We've been going through documents and evidence and making our case. Today, as we're close to Christmas, we wanted to have a Christmas conversation with Chester. We're also going to talk a little bit more about the Will County State's Attorney's Office and the road we've taken to get to where we're at today. We've got a lot to talk about. Let's begin. There are many words associated with the Christmas season. Presents, cookies, family, eggnog, snow. But the spirit of Christmas is perhaps most closely associated with one word in particular, hope. This is a season of hope. For 60 Christmases, Chester Weger sat in prison holding on to hope. Hope he would hold his wife and children again. Hope he would taste his mother and father's cooking again. Hope he would laugh with his siblings around the kitchen table again. And most of all, he held on to the hope that justice would prevail the truth would win out and his name would be cleared and he could walk out of prison into the arms of his family once more, a free man, exonerated. That hope kept Chester going in the face of Christmases spent in a cold cell during long Illinois winters. That hope kept Chester going even as those he loved passed away, victims lost to the wreck of time. That hope kept him going in spite of year after year of myriad disappointments in the courts. Hope has carried him this far, and this Christmas, he will be in the arms of his family again. But he still hopes for more. He hopes that this new year will bring the chance to have his name restored after 63 years. The hope that some of the wrongs of this world can be righted burns brighter than any other candle or star this Christmas season and should remind us that the most powerful force in existence is the human spirit and its capacity to hold on to hope, even in the darkest of places. Perhaps Chester's story can remind us that the battle is only lost when hope is lost, and this Christmas, hope is alive and well amongst the Uyghur family. Whitney Broad, are you there? I'm here. I'm back. I'm ready to do this. Are you in a holiday spirit? Uh, the the most festive of my life because I now have a three and a half month old that um, looks really good in a Christmas elf costume, and I just I can't <laughs> I can't stop dressing him up and setting him on things and posing him like an elf on a shelf. So I'm having a good time. I love it. Well, I'm in a holiday a holiday spirit myself. It's good to be back. I wanted to have one more episode before we end 2022 
and and get into the new year. And I wanted to do a couple things on this episode. I wanted to talk a little bit more about where we're at uh, with Will County State's Attorney's Office. I'm going to be talking about two big documents I'm going to post on the podcast website. Then we're going to have a Christmas conversation with Chester Weger. And I think that is the perfect way to end 2022 and to set the table for 2023, which is going to be our year. I know it. I feel it in my bones. It's coming. It's coming. 2023, I just can't wait. But first, I want to talk about, again, our podcast nominated for a Signal Award in the category Best Exclusive Content and Experiences. That was so huge. I mean, there were so many submissions. So for us to be chosen as a finalist was amazing. There's a people's choice component, meaning you can vote for the winner. Voting ends December 22nd. This is really important to us. If we can win this award and get more notoriety to the case, get more eyeballs to the case, bring more awareness to the case, more recognition to the case, it would be fantastic for us. Winning this would really help us you know, just, just make more people aware of what we're doing. So please, everybody listening, please vote for us. Voting ends December 22nd. Like I said, it's easy to vote. Just go to our podcast website, andyhalepodcast.com. There's a banner link at the top. You click on that. You can vote for us right there. It'll take you one minute and you'll be done. We would really, really appreciate it. Whitney, before we get to the conversation with Chester, I've been thinking about this. It's kind of been nagging at me. I got to be honest. I've been kind of holding back some of my some of my feelings, some of my thoughts, some of the background in terms of how we've gotten to where we've gotten. And I wanted to just have a little more of a heart to heart and share with you some of the interactions I've had regarding the physical evidence and the Will County State's Attorney's Office, because I want to put this in context in terms of the road we've taken and and where we're at today. Can I just walk through this with you today and just kind of give you share a little bit more with you? Yeah, please do. I I I want it, you know, kind of more clear in my mind what what is the next step because clearly there's 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 more to do. Well, I've been I've been kind of matter-of-factly dealing with the procedural obstacles, but I want to lay a little more foundation and context for you know, what we have gone through to date. So Will County was appointed as a special prosecutor because the Sal County State's Attorney's Office had a conflict um, and couldn't handle the case due to a prior personal injury case that they referred to my law firm. I don't know how that came about. I didn't know the, the Sal County State's Attorney. But in any event, he recused himself because of that. And Will County was appointed. Okay, so Will County gets appointed as special prosecutor, which means they're in charge and they are the decision maker. They can decide what's going to happen in the case. The first thing we did was we said, hey, we'd love to look at the physical evidence. Just look at it, like with our eyeballs. And I spoke to James Glasgow, the Will County State's attorney, and he said he wanted to look at the evidence first. All right, so after he did so, we had a phone conversation, and he told me there was no point in me looking at the physical evidence, that it was a complete disaster, what he told me a complete disaster. And, you know, I said, well, if it's a complete disaster, I mean, what's the harm in just letting me look at it? I mean, you know, it is what it is. 
Well, he would not agree to let me even look at the evidence. Well, can I pause here? Because hasn't every school child in LaSalle County already <laughs> seen this evidence? I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but like, yeah, who yeah. who hasn't seen this evidence except for you at this point? Yeah. And I talked about this, I think, in a prior episode, like one of my arguments was, you know, Girl Scout Troop, you know, 204 yeah. <laughs> has had more access to this physical evidence than me. I mean, they've seen the jacket. They've seen other yeah. evidence. I hadn't seen anything. So, yeah, I mean, like all these school groups and stuff have seen Star Rock murder evidence. So we had to file a motion with the court asking permission to inspect the evidence. The court granted our motion and allowed us access. So in June of 2021, we spent two full days, I mean like two eight-hour days, inspecting and cataloging all the physical evidence. I hired a firm uh, called Microtrace. They are world-renowned microscopists, meaning they look at things under a microscope. A guy named Skip Palinick and his son Chris, they've worked on, you name a big case, I mean, they've, John Bonet Ramsey, uh, Green River Murderer, uh, Scotland Yard. I mean, Skip Palinick is a legend. Anyway, so Skip and, and Chris Palinick came out to the courthouse. There's a filing cabinet. And we went through all the evidence. And you know what, Whitney? It was amazing. It was amazing. The evidence was not a complete disaster. Far, far from it. The evidence was incredibly organized. The evidence was in remarkable condition. I was just stunned. Can I ask you a question? So so you get to the courthouse and it's what? It's just literally like a two-drawer filing cabinet or like what, what is what is yeah. this locker that it's in and, and where has it been kept all these years? I'll post a photograph of it. It's 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 pretty like nostalgic. It's a old brown four-drawer metal filing cabinet mm-hmm. that had like locks around, you know, the front of it like chained up. <laughs> Wow. All this evidence was sitting in this old metal filing cabinet that had been in the courthouse attic, I guess. They brought it into a a room at the sheriff's office and we we pretty much laid everything out on a table. I mean, the Palnicks were just meticulous, you know, wearing gloves, taking things out delicately, putting it on the table piece by piece, photographing things, cataloging things. I mean, Chris Palnick, and I'm going to post his report. This is what I wanted to tell people. I'm going to post on the podcast website. Uh, Dr. Chris Palnick did a 63-page report summarizing his findings. I'm going to post it on the podcast website. Check it out. He mentions in there that he saw 313 items and sub-items of evidence. The evidence, he notes, consisted of materials that included hair, fibers, blood, soil, glass, fabric, leather, tissue, cordage, wood, clothing, all kinds of things. And he took approximately 2,500 photographs, okay? Um, and this is what he said in the conclusion of his report. I'm just, this is a quote. This evidence is in remarkably good condition and has a great deal of potential probative value. He also said, this is a quote, the evidence is in excellent condition for a wide range of forensic analysis. For instance, there were glass slides, things under glass slides that had been protected all these years, and there had been 
they've been labeled with like a diamond tipped pen where you can like write yeah. on glass, mm-hmm. like with a diamond tipped pen, mm-hmm. telling exactly what the exhibit was. All the envelopes were marked, labeled. And so for the evidence to be represented to me, to be a complete disaster, I mean, was simply not the case. I mean, not the case at all. I was, I was like, holy cow, this evidence is incredible. So I want people to see Dr. Palahniuk's report. And then he also, and we filed this with the court, he also submitted another almost 700-page report of all his photographs. I can't post that. It's too voluminous, but I'm going to post a subset of it so people can get an idea of the kind of evidence he saw and the pictures that he took. Uh, I'm going to post that as well. So check it out. I think people will be fascinated to see all this. So we look at, we have the evidence inspection. Then a couple more things that Mr. Glasgow told me during that first phone call when he said the evidence was a complete disaster. He told me that he expected there to be more blood on Chester's coat. Isn't that interesting? Uh, he thought, huh, there should, I would think there'd be more blood on there. But then he said, well, maybe Chester took his coat off during the attack. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we just can't start making things up. You know, we can't well, start maybe, speculating. Maybe an alien came and he gave it to yeah, the alien maybe. to hold it for him while he committed the I crime. Mean, I mean, come on. Oh, my gosh. Well, and he also told me, um, Mr. Glasgow did, that maybe Chester had a rifle with him. And maybe that explained why Chester was able to subdue the three women, which is funny. You know what? You know who said that? That exactly mirrors what Tony Reculia said in that 2010 Illinois Continuing Legal Education Seminar video that I gave Will County State's Attorney's Office. So, okay, so now we're speculating that maybe Chester had a rifle with him. Oh, on his break, he walked out of the lodge with his 22 and he walked down the trails with his rifle and then came back to work with uh, his rifle and his bloody clothing. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, It's just ridiculous. So I, I wanted to share this, Whitney, and I've been holding this back. It's been bugging me ever since I had that phone conversation. It has been bugging me that I was told the evidence was a complete disaster when it wasn't, when it wasn't. And I just had to get that off my chest. But I'm not done yet. Let me continue with a little bit more of the chronology. So then what happened is we got to look at all the physical evidence and we did a motion. We asked the court, well, now we want to do some forensic testing. You know, let's do some DNA testing. Will County State's Attorney's Office, again, said no. We're opposed to it. Uh, we're not going to agree. And what Mr. Glasgow told me was, he said, another phone conversation I had with him, he said, no, there's no foundation. None of this would be admissible. Then he told me two things that I thought were pretty stunning. He said, this would own, this would needlessly inflame people's passions, this testing, and it would just muddy up the authorities, meaning like, you know, like law enforcement. I mean, (laughs) oh my God, like, I, I just again, I had to get this off my chest. Wait, wait, I've been needlessly inflame. Say that one more time for me. Needlessly inflame people's passions. Needlessly, oh, would, but if there's an innocent man who's been convicted of a crime, that's not needlessly inflaming anything. That's just called justice that we're all entitled uh, to. Yeah, you know, Whitney. Like I said, I I had to let this go because it has been bothering me, and so. Um, <sighs> I wanted to share that. And, you know, so what we had to do after Will County said they're not going to agree to the forensic testing, 
uh, we had to file a motion with the court. Court granted our motion, and we did the forensic testing, and that led to us getting you know the hair that's not Chester's that we're going to submit into that DNA database. All right, so I just had to kind of get all that off my chest. I wanted to provide that context and background. Those are factual things that have happened. Those are factual phone calls I had with the Will County State's Attorney's Office. That's what transpired. People can draw their own conclusions about about what I just said, okay? Um, I'll leave it at that. Uh, And then the other thing is, before we get to Chester, one more thing. I'm going to post. I didn't do it last week, and I kind of held back, but I thought, you know what? No. I'm going to post on the website my 12-page letter to the Will County State's Attorney's Office laying out all our evidence and my request that Chester Weger's conviction be vacated. I want people to read it. I want people to see it. It's easy to forget all the things, all the issues that we've talked about. It's, it's overwhelming. Uh, the only thing I did, I'll tell readers or listeners, is I redacted the names of the witnesses. I want to respect their privacy for now. But those names were given to the state's attorney's office. And like I said, state's attorney's office didn't even bother to interview any of those people. But when you read this letter, I want people to read it, these 12 pages, and you go through all those items of evidence, there is no argument, none, that Chester Weger had anything to do with the Star Rock murders. Case closed, period. All right. <laughs> Thank you for indulging me with that, Whitney. Um, well, I understand why they didn't interview any of those witnesses, Andy, because we don't want to needlessly inflame anyone's emotions, right? We don't. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, that's um, that's gonna that's gonna bug me now. Now, every time I'm in a fight uh, with somebody, I'm gonna be like, no, oh, no, I don't want to. I don't want to hear your argument. It'll needlessly inflame me. Nope, I don't. Yeah, like I said, I I this has been nagging at me. Yeah. These you know these phone conversations since you know. We first started dealing with Will County, and uh, that's 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 what transpired. I mean, that's that's the factual background of where we're at. This should nag and- at everyone. This should nag at everyone because this is a man's life, and we're sixty. We're we're coming up on sixty three years of the state not doing the right thing. It should nag at everyone. There needs to be an effort to get to the bottom of this, you know, and. Under Illinois statute, you know, a state's attorney's job when they're presented with new credible evidence of somebody's innocence, got a duty to investigate, you know, I mean, this is like a duty to look into the case. So it's not just me asking for a favor. I mean, this is, this is what has to happen. You know, this is like a mandate, you know, by Illinois statute is to look into it. So, so can I ask a question? Yeah. (laughs) And, and I, I completely understand if you don't want to answer this, but why do they not want to look into it? What are the politics at play here? I'm going to respectfully (laughs) not answer that. Um, I don't want to speculate on somebody's mindset or why they're doing certain things. I don't know. But what I, what I told you on this podcast, the conversations I told you about were factual. Those were things told to me factually. Those are facts. Uh, everybody can draw their own conclusions from the facts and, you know, we're at right now where we're at. And like I said, in the last bonus episode, we got a lot more in the hopper with forensic testing and things going on. 
And, you know, we're, we're, we, we've got a lot of things that could break for us um, at the start of the year. So we're going to keep uh, going on our road trip, Whitney. I don't care if the car runs out of gas. We'll just pull over, put some more gas in the tank, get some more food and be on our way. If, I we, mean, can't get, uh, if we can't get any uh, gas, we'll just keep walking. I mean, at this yeah, point. we'll hitchhike. <laughs> Remember, do you remember the day, like, I remember being a kid, like, when hitchhiking was a thing, like, oh, people yeah. be on the side of the road with their thumbs out? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll hitchhike if we I have remember. To. I remember we had, we had the ethic, right? They couldn't come in the car, but they could jump in the back of the pickup. Yeah. That was okay. Yeah. It was safe. Oh, so that, was, yeah. that was fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we are going to get there. We're, if we have to hitchhike or whatever we got to do. All right. Well, enough about the Will County State's Attorney's Office. Let's get to Chester Weger. I thought it was important to spend some time with Chester in these holidays uh, he's 83. He's going to be 84 in March. Uh, Christmas season, Christmas spirit. Uh, I thought it was important just to to kind of share a little bit more um, of my talks with Chester. And let's get into that. Okay, I am here in beautiful LaSalle, Illinois. I'm sitting at the kitchen table with Chester Weger, his sister Mary, her husband Ron, and then Helen, who was actually the sister of Chester's wife. Um, remarkable. Um, it's the week before Christmas. It's so good to be here. I see you've got the house decorated. You've got the Christmas tree here. You've got Christmas cards hanging up there too, Mary? Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. And Chester, how are you doing? I'm all right here. You know... I'm in a holiday spirit, and I wanted to kind of come here, talk to all of you, and just just show some love and gratitude. You know, it just it's so great to be here, Chester, and just to see you sitting here at this uh, kitchen table with the. What would you describe this, Mary? How would you describe this? Uh, this Snowflake tablecloth. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> um, anyway, being Christmas, uh, it's just sentimental to me. How does it feel to be spending Christmas again, Chester, with your family? It's very good. I should wait for them a long time. And, you know, to, to have Christmas, I'm looking under the tree. We got a bunch of presents you're going to open, you know, and, and to be able to be here with your family. Um, let's backtrack and let's talk about what was Christmas like in prison? There was really no Christmas there, and you know, you got no presents or nothing like that. You know. Did you even like? I guess I mean, I guess you knew it was Christmas. Did they do like a special meal? Yeah, they did turkey and stuff like that. You know, I mean, uh, it's just not like being at home. Well, you did sixty prison Christmases, right? Yes. Um, did you ever think you'd be sitting here? getting a chance to spend Christmas with your family like this? No. No, I thought I'd be in prison the rest of my life. I mean, this, this really is a Christmas miracle. They see you here. You're, you're currently 83? Yes. And when's your birthday? March 3rd, 1939, I was born. So in, in not that long, in, in about three months, you're going to turn 84. Yes. I'm so glad I could be here for this Christmas with you. Christmas is a time to, it's a time with family. It's a time for love and support. You know, what are your thoughts this Christmas 2022? What are you, what are you, what's going through your mind? No, I really, I, I just glad I could be with my relatives and that, you know, like I said, I was away from them so long. You know. But, um, 
I just wish I had the money to buy them gifts and stuff like that. You know, I don't have no job or nothing. Yeah. Well, you know what the best gift of all is? Uh, it's four letters. It's love. L-O-V-E. That's the best gift you can give. Um, and wouldn't you say that's true, Mary? Uh, which There's nothing else you need from him, is there? Yeah. That's love is what it is. And family, um, being together. And we've missed so many years of that that we're just elated that we can enjoy it together what time we have left. You know, it's it's hard to think about, you know, 60 Christmases in prison. And it's it's really, even for me, I don't want to, I don't want to right now kind of put such a, a sadness into this moment because I want to, even though it is obviously, I want to focus right now on, on the gratitude part, but it's hard not to think about that. Right. Um, and for you, what was it like for the family? Those 60 years Chester's having turkey dinner in prison, what was it like having Christmases with a family knowing Chester wasn't there? It was, very, it was very hard. It's something that you never forget. It's part of your life. Even though he's not there, you still miss it, and you always remember it. It's, it's molded into your heart. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's lost time with him. Right. Chester, I mean, what was, you know, you'd have to go back to 19, oh my gosh, you'd have to go back to 1959 for your last Christmas, you know, where you were not in jail or prison. Uh, So you'd have been 20 years old. What was it about Christmas? What were some of the things you liked about Christmas? Just like... Being with my parents and that, you know, and uh, giving them presents and that, you know, I had a died a job, you know. And that. Do you remember? Were there any like Christmas traditions? And this, this, I'm like looking at you too, Mary. Were there any Christmas traditions your family would have in terms of food or things you would do over the years? Well, we'd always have turkey. We always had turkey. Turkey and pumpkin, pumpkin pie. We usually yeah. Our mom made mm. all of her own bread and all of her own pies, and mm. you don't see that very much today. Oh, my gosh, you don't. Yeah, she made all of her pies or all of her bread weekly. My father was a very good cook, too, and he helped my mother a lot. Yeah. Oh, your dad was, too. Yeah. He's a good cook. What, would you, what do you recall eating for Christmas? Like, what kind of, what was your Christmas meal? Like I said, turkey and pumpkin pie, and uh, had dre- uh, dressing always, you know, it's my favorite meal. It's my favorite meal. If I had to pick one, that's what it would be. So Christmas 2022, as we sit here, we're all in your kitchen right now. What What are the plans? What's Christmas dinner going to be this year? Ham. I mean, ham. Yep. Right, brother? Yes. What do you think about that? I love it. Mm, ham sweet potatoes. Mm. <laughs> that's number two on my list, probably. <laughs> are you going to, Mary, are you going to do the cooking? Um, you know what? Me and Ron does the cooking. It's mm. just like with my mother and father. They cooked a lot, and us kids did help. And Ron is my sidekick, mm. and he's um, he's right there beside me, and he's doing what I can't do. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, what about any any desserts, any requests, Chester, anything you want, any special requests? Oh, no. Like I said, you'll probably have pumpkin pie, you know, 
That'd be dessert for me, you know. Yeah. And we made Christmas cookies already, and Brother helped decorate again this year. Did you? Same as last year. Yep. Where are those cookies at? Because before, oh. before I leave, I'm going to have to have... We, uh, all, we already got you a box made. <laughs> oh, you know yep. what? I said this before. Homemade Christmas cookies is the best present you can give. And that's Hands what, down. That's what Andy requested, and yeah. so we have all kinds over there for you, Andy. Chester, you, were, you helped bake those cookies too? No, I... I can't do that. Out of your pay grade, yeah, that's the way I am. He decorated. Yeah, okay. He decorated. That's still effort. I'll that's give you credit right. for that. Is there anything, Chester? I brought you some little surprises today, but is there anything you want for Christmas? No, not really. I just, like I said, I just uh, glad I can be out and see everybody. You know, that's yeah. the best Christmas I could, I could possibly. Right. What about you, Mary? What What are your thoughts for Christmas? Anything you want? Just being with family. Yeah. Um, family means a lot. And when part of the family's not there, it's very hard. Yeah. Well, I can't even imagine six decades of what your family went through. For First of all, Chester being, you know, in prison, knowing he's not with his family for 60 Christmases in a row. I mean, you can't even think about that. I mean, I, I don't even know how my mom and dad made it. Yeah. I really don't know how they, you know, it's hard enough being a brother, but being your son, mm-hmm. I just don't know how they even handle it. I know that my dad had a bad heart, and I know that he had to stop going to trial because <laughs> it was too hard going to the trial. My mother, was the strong one. She never missed a day. She never missed a day of it. Well, that's what I think, you know, um, people forget is it starts with Chester, you know, spending the 60 years in prison, but then the effect on his parents, you know, his siblings, his own children, it, it, it affects the whole family tree, you know, for generations. And that's the part that sometimes gets lost on people. And that's why I was glad you could, could kind of share some of your thoughts. Chester, I got, I got one other thing I think that could make, you know, maybe, maybe next Christmas, Christmas 2023, we'd like you to be sitting here declared innocent. How would that be? Maybe very good. Is that what you want? Yes. That yeah. would be the best Christmas ever. Yeah. That would be the, that's all, you know, that's what my brother has lived for. And I think, all those years in prison, that's what's kept him going is he said, I'm innocent. And he said, I'll fight it till the day I die. And I think that's what has really had him hold on and keep fighting. See, I always, I always believe that, you know, by me being innocent, that somebody would prove it for me. You always thought somebody would prove it for yes. you. Well, that day is coming. Uh, we're getting close. And, and my goal... My goal is a year from now to be at this table, uh, and I don't know if we'll be here. Maybe we'll be somewhere else. Maybe we'll be uh, Ron's house. Maybe Ron we'll, and Mary. yeah, we'll be at Ron and Mary's mm-hmm. house. Maybe and uh, maybe we'll be somewhere warmer. Who knows? Well, your house is, be, is going to be a little warmer, and we'll be celebrating your first Christmas as somebody declared innocent with how a did, lot of people. How does that sound? You're very good. 
Yeah. Is that, do you think that's kind of kept you going all these years, that desire? This is, you know, I figured, you know, by me being this and it, I'd be able to prove it someday. And it's kind of kept you going? Yes. Because that's what's so remarkable. And I, when I see Chester, um, and I've represented other people who've been in prison and wrongfully incarcerated, and I know, I've seen the toll it takes mentally, physically, uh, you know, uh, the lack of good health care, the lack of, you know, good food for half a century more. The fact that you're sitting here today and you're actually, you know, I, I, I shake Chester's hand every time I leave and it's, it's got a bigger grip than I do. I, I just want to say I'm proud of you. Nice. I thank you. Yeah, I want, I, I'm proud of you. And, you know, I'm just so humbled and grateful I've met all of you um, this Christmas time. You know, I feel like I'm a part of your family. Um, That's a big amen. <laughs> That's a big amen. What else are you thinking this Christmas well, season, Mary? That, the one thing that I I do want to say is um, my brother is in pretty good health. Uh, he walks a lot faster than me. Of course, I'm the slow one. And the reason why we have him in the wheelchair when we go to court is so that people don't get in his face that we can protect him because he's been abused so many years that we don't want that abuse anymore. And that is one way of us protecting him is putting him in the wheelchair so we can wheel him out of danger. Yeah. Um, But other than that, he's in really good health and we love him so much and we are just so thankful that he is here with us. And that's what Christmas is all about. Just now, and then, uh, you know, over the years and that, you know, the people, people know, you know, that I've been uh, saying I'm in this and that, you know, and I don't really think I have any trouble. No, you, you really haven't. And um, how would you, how, how is your, how are you feeling, Chester? How's your health? You feeling? I feel all right. You doing okay? Yeah. I was just sitting down this morning, uh, doing classwork, my nose started bleeding <laughs> He's laughing right now. You can't see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That happens yeah. every but now it, and it then. once in a while, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that does, especially with dry dryness yeah. in the air. You know, um, you know for sure. It it's just hard to believe too. The time to me has gone by quick because you got out on parole in 2020, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Right before COVID hit, and then you know you were kind of couldn't go anywhere because of that now it's been two years does the time seem to be going by quick to you no it's it's slower than that you know it um i'm doing all right what tell me again we've talked a little bit about the things that you like to do in your spare time when you were younger you know when you're in your 20s like talk a little bit about like fishing or what kind of stuff would you like to do it's like to hunt fish you know I go fishing for bass and and uh, bluegills, uh, crappies, catfish, and I used to hunt rabbits and raccoons with my father. Was your dad an outdoors kind of guy too? Yes. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something last time that I, I just I listened to it again about your dad with the raccoon pellets. Tell me about that again. Oh, he used to stretch his own uh, pellets and that you know sell them. The raccoon pellets. Yeah. And and where would you go hunting? Just Around uh, where we live at, across the river from where we live, and right behind your house, that raccoons are all around where we live there. And Mary, tell me a little bit about 
you know, you guys, was it a wooded area around a little um, house? And Yeah, we had, um, we had woods all around us, really. Our front yard, of course, was grass, but the backyard and side yard had a lot of trees. Um, we used to go up, there was a creek up, up the hill where all the woods were. We used to play, um, we used to put like a fort up there or we'd put logs going across the creek and walk across them. And we, we spent a lot of times in the woods, even as kids growing up, uh, we had bittersweet that grew on wild and we would cut bittersweet and bring it home. And today you don't hear very much about bittersweet. I, well, I, I'm going to profess my ignorance here. What what is bittersweet? Uh, it's it's a vine it's, that grows. It's a vine that grows. It's got sometimes they have flowers on them. Orange berries. Bloom, bloom and orange berry. It, uh, we had more gooseberries around the house than anything. Yeah. We had a lot of gooseberries. Yeah. yeah. We had a lot of wild flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, we had violets, violets and buttercups. Yard, violets and buttercups. Uh, buttercups right close to our yard. Yeah. And we would go picking. We could sit down in the grass and, and pick pick and bring bouquets to mom. Mom loved it. And I've I've even taught my a uh, couple of my grandchildren that now they're married and they have our great grandkids. Um back at our house we have wild uh violets growing in buttercups and my grandchildren would go and I would take them out and tell them that was part of how we grew up was picking wildflowers. We had sweet Williams on the hill and we had lady britches on the hill and we had, we had a lot. We had some uh, Jack in the pulpits. We had those. Anything else you remember, Chester? No, like I said, there's, uh, she named most of the wildflowers we had around her. My dad always said, you got to have something to look forward to, which I thought was great advice. You always got to have something to look forward to. So next year, if we're planning, you know, uh, next year, and you could go anywhere you want, is there anywhere you would want to go or anything you want to do or somewhere else you want to live? I'm just happy being with my relatives. That's Andy. I, uh, I'm just happy being at home. You know. We talked about this last time. It's the simple things in life. You know, I mean, really, at the end of the day, it's your health and your family. What else matters? Your health and the love of your family. Who's richer than everybody at this table right here, right? Who's richer than us if you've got love and health? That's, you're richer than anybody, you know? Do you feel that way? Yes, I do. And the sad thing is, is brother doesn't know how really big our family really is. He doesn't know our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, and everybody comes home except Nita. Everybody comes home to our house for Christmas and Ron and I does usually does the meat and pies, and um, different our different children and our different grandkids. They bring in side dishes, and our house is very full and it's very full of love. And that's something to that's, really look forward is yeah. is getting everybody to see Uncle Otto that they haven't mm. been able to see for a long time. Yeah, that that's really going to be special. Um, that's really going to be special. And I, I'm just so glad that you all can live together now and right. spend this quality time together now. Right. Uh, I think that makes a big difference. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just kind of overwhelmed with joy and emotion here being with 
you both. We, we, you know. we are just so <laughs> blessed, Andy, to have you come into our life and Celeste. Um, that is the biggest blessing that we've had in a long time. Well, and I'm so glad I met all of you and Chester. I'm so glad I got to be your friend and meet you, you know. That's, I appreciate it, Andy. Thank you. So in this Christmas season, we've got a lot to be thankful for. I'll, uh, I'll start uh, with you, Chester. What are you thankful for, and what is your message at this Christmas? Like I said, I'm just glad to be here with my relatives and that, you know. It's the best thing I could possibly want, you know. Yeah. And Mary, what about you? What's well, your... I'm, I'm really thankful for my faith because I think my faith is what had, keeps us going and still believing. And um, without that, I don't think I could navigate like I've navigated through this life. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you've been strong. Well, like I said, Christmas is in a week. I see a lot of presents under the tree. Uh, I heard about the meal. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to come back and I'm going to have to, uh, also see a lot of photos. I want to see some photos of the dinner. I want to see the photos of what you're eating. Are you looking forward to that Christmas meal, Chester? Yes. Oh, it's one of my favorites. Um, and then I'm looking forward to the new year and I'm looking forward to 2023 because Chester, we're getting close. Can you feel it? To proving your innocence? Yes, I, I, I think we're knocking on the door. And I'm I'm really looking forward to 2023 and being here with you next year. Andy, with everything that you've dug up, we've never had anybody go into our case and really investigate like you have done. And we want to thank all the people that have come forward with what they do know. And to us, that is another blessing in our life. And now all we have to do is let the public know what you found. And hopefully that's very soon. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, it's it's been a long road. And there's been a lot of twists and turns and roadblocks put up our way. But we're, we've gotten over every one of them and we're going to get there. Um, but for today, I wanted to really celebrate the Christmas spirit the gratitude for health, family, love, and support. And I want to say I love all you guys. And um, I'm just very grateful we can spend this time together this Christmas season. And, and, you know, we do want to thank the community here in LaSalle and those cities here. We do want to thank the people for all the support that they've showed and all the love that they've given. And we couldn't live in a better neighborhood than what we live with the neighbors that we have and I can't tell you how much that means to us and how grateful we are for that. And, and do, you, do, you, do you feel like all the love and support of the community here, Chester? Yes, I do. Like I said, here, I've got a lot of friends here. Yeah. A lot of them. A lot of people that we don't even know yeah. that come yeah. and, well, and holler, yeah. And I've had so many people reach out to me. Uh, people from the Illinois Valley area, LaSalle, Peru, Oglesby, so much love and support. I can't even tell you. So Chester, I want you to know there's a lot of people thinking about you this Christmas. There's a lot of people who want you to be healthy and strong. 
They want you to be able to prove your innocence. I've had people that want to send you Christmas cards. Um, we'll, we'll give you those. And anything you want to say to people like that have reached out to us? I just want to wish them the best of luck in the world. And I thank them. For, uh, I appreciate what you're doing for me. Yeah. And wish them all a Merry Christmas. Yes, I do. I think I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, I think it's a good way to say it. Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas to all. I hope everybody has a healthy and happy one. I know we will. And to everybody out there listening, thank you for your support on behalf of Chester and Mary and everybody else. And stay tuned because we're not done yet. We got, we got one final chapter to write. We got one final present to open and we're going to get there. We just got to, we got to be patient and, and strong and health. Are you, Chester, you just stay healthy and strong. Okay. I will. You just promised me that. All right. <laughs> and you too, Mary. All right. You betcha. All right. Merry Christmas to the both of you. Merry okay. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of the Star of Rock Murders with Andy Hale. Don't forget to vote for us for the Signal Award. We need your help. We need to bring more awareness to this case. Go to andyhalepodcast.com and click on the banner at the top of the page to vote. Voting ends at midnight on December 22nd, so please vote today. And finally, during this Christmas season, if you're able to help, please visit Chester Weger's GoFundMe page. His nieces set it up for him. Chester is struggling financially. He could really use a boost in paying his rent, groceries, his living expenses. If you can spare $5, $10, or $25, it would be so greatly appreciated. Just go to GoFundMe.com and type Chester Weger in the search box. We'll also have it in the show notes. You can check it out right there. Any contribution would be so meaningful. On behalf of Chester, his sister Mary, and their whole family, we wanted to wish everyone listening a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. <laughs>